verse 19 is, but, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Uh, now, in this case, to say that she was treasuring up, I was talking to Sarah about this, I think, earlier today, it's a really interesting word. It has, depending on the context, it can mean to preserve, to keep safe, and to protect. That's what treasuring up means. That's what Mary's doing, okay, in terms of these events and, and this one that she's holding and, and her contemplations. And okay, well, that takes you to the next thing. She's pondering these things in her heart, and that has the sense of bringing all kinds of different loose things well, uh, uh, previously uncommon, tied together things, now bringing them all together. It can even mean talking to yourself, conversing with even another person. It, in this case, it means she's considering. It means that she's meditating. She's thinking about these things deeply, deeply. And here, remember the, the verb? I don't mean to bore you with like gram grammar lesson here on Christmas Eve, but it is important. The people, it was a past tense thing. For her, yes, it was past tense, but it has the sense of she kept she kept doing it. It wasn't a one-off. It wasn't a Fox News or CNN News alert. She's treasuring these things up and pondering them in a sustained way. Now, now, no one's closer, humanly speaking, no one is closer to these events than Mary is. And Luke has been drawing our attention to her all along and her responses and trying to help us to see that this is a model response to the coming of Messiah. So we need to take our cues here. Perhaps I can put it this way. The lesson, the lesson in all of this is this. It is simply not enough to look at these events and move on. It is simply not enough to look at these events and move on. That shows a failure to have seen them and looked at all. Rather, we need to look and look long and hard that we might actually grow in our seeing and be changed and transformed as we're intended to be. So back to the meaning of Christmas. I'm going somewhere with that. I'm going to assume if you're here on a Christmas Eve in a sanctuary this evening, you've got other things to do. I don't know why you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm assuming that you are at least desirous of growing in these things or curious or at least to some modest degree willing because you're here and I don't see any claw marks in the carpet as you came in. <laughs> so let's deliberate about this for just a moment if we may. What is the meaning and how do we get there? And what we're seeing here with, with, with what Luke is, is trying to say, or better yet, what the Holy Spirit is saying through Luke about Mary is the, that the meaning of Christmas might be real in our lives. We need to know the one who has come. And Mary's pointing the way. She's helping us to see this. So what's on her mind? What is she treasuring and pondering? Well, it's these things, right? That's the way the sentence is structured. What are these things? Now, we can't know that for sure, but we've got some reasonable guesses. Some categories, at least, that we could consider of what are the things 
that Mary, in that moment, as she's holding this newborn in her arms, and she's treasuring these things up and pondering them in her heart, what are these things on her mind and heart? Well, let's break it down this way. Three ways. What Mary had read, what she had heard, and what she saw. What she had read, what she heard, what she saw. Why do we know what she read? Well, if you go back, I'm not going to just for time's sake do this now. I'd encourage you to do it maybe tonight or tomorrow. In Luke 1, and what's referred to often as the Magnificat, this is Mary's song. It's how she responds to the, Gabri the angel Gabriel's announcement as to what's coming. And if you read what she says, it shows us a lot about Mary. She is steeped in the Old Testament. She could have taught a course, and we would have done, done well to listen. She is steeped in the Old Testament, and she is deeply humble in heart. And then she sings of her God. She sings of the might of God's strength. She sings of the reality of his faithfulness. She sings of the wonder of his ways. And this is deeply ingrained. This is part of the, the foundation, the superstructure of Mary, Mary's heart. So now transpose that into, in, into the nativity scene as she's holding this child. Think about the kinds of things she has already sung of nine months before. The might of God's strength the reality of his faithfulness, and the wonder of his ways. This is part of what she is treasuring up and pondering in her heart. And you can see that simply in what she had read. What she had read in the Older Testament. What had she heard? What had she heard? Well, there, there'd been a, a couple of visitations, shall we say. Actually, really three if you include Elizabeth. But I'm thinking in particular of First Gabriel, again, nine months before. So this is an angel of the Lord. And if you go back and you look in Luke 1 and you see some of what, she, what this angel says to her about her, he calls her favored one. You think she forgot that? He says that you're going to give birth, what? And the child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now hang on, that's not actually the most amazing thing that the angel says. He goes on and says some things not just about her, but about him, the one who's coming. Verse 32, 33 in Luke 1. He will be great. And will be called the son of the most high. That's Old Testament language for Yahweh. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. It's really hard to say what was the most astonishing thing the angel says to, to, to Mary in the Annunciation. You don't think this is on her mind nine months later as she's holding that little one, knowing of what has been said of him? Well, that's not the only messenger. There were some others. We've sung of them. The shepherds. The shepherds. So 
these strangers, we don't have time to get too far into this, but you just do need to know that shepherds in that, in that part of the world at that time of history were not exactly the upper crust of society. In fact, they were really about as low as you go, or among them. So that's who her messengers are now. And they come with news that the angelic host, which, by the way, is an army. So these outcasts come in from the pasture with a message from a heavenly army. And what is their message? Good news of great joy and a sign, which, by the way, that doesn't just happen. You think in terms of you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, and you think, and it's Mary has, has to be processing this and thinking, well, how did this happen? And the, the, the turning of world events, this all begins, humanly speaking, with the po political shenanigans of Caesar Augustus and a census and the movement of peoples and whole nation. And, and now it's coming to fruition right there in the little town of Bethlehem, and she's in the center of it. Well, she's like just a dot off the center of it. And good news of great joy, this sign and the song that the hosts sing, peace on earth and glory, all glory to God. This is at least partly what she is treasuring up and weighing, pondering in her heart as she's holding this one of whom all these things have been said. There's one more thing. There's one more thing. And this, is, this one hit me the other day. So not just what she had read that's formed the superstructure of her self, and not just what she'd heard the messengers that had come and who they were and what they were saying. And those things, all that is just astonishing enough. But this, this is something, something else. And that's what she could see. And it reminds me kind of like what the son of David. Oftentimes we see, and I mean, excuse me, David, not the son of David. David, King David. In the Psalms, how many times you see in the Psalms? It's the pattern again and again and again. Oh, God, this is what you've said, but this is what I see. Okay, now, on the arrival of, the great, of, of great David's greater son, as Mary is contemplating all of these things, and now she's looking at where she is in this place. It's not a palace. You would think this one would come to the palace. It's not in the palace. It's not even in the inn, right? No room in the inn. There's a manger which tells us animals, which tells us some stable-like something. Ancient tradition says cave. That's quite likely true. Animal waste, animal feed trough, animals... Shepherds, yeah, parents, parents, he is of the royal line of David, so that's good. 
Joseph and Mary are peasants. And I don't mean that as an insult. It's just a fact. When you, when you keep reading and you get to the offering that they present when they bring Jesus to be circumcised on the eighth day, the, the offering that they bring is for the poor. So Mary has to be thinking, given what the angels have declared, who he is and what he has come to do, how can this be? Who is this? Well, and then that takes us to something else, and that has to do with the way this one who has come and that she is holding somehow in her arms, nursing, just blows up our expectations. Just takes them I need to keep this because it's the order of service. But <laughs> you know, the hopes and fears of all the years, that's one of the lines that we sing, right? The hopes and fears of all the years for the people at that time, God's people at that time were of a whole different kind. They were a little off. A little, little off. They're thinking their problem is Rome. And the way they were reading things was that when Messiah came, he was going to put an end to all that. And in a moment, and in a triumphant, wondrous way that would have the Jewish nation ascending to the top, in a flash, and it would seem that what we come to understand, and Mary may have had an inkling of this, that maybe, just maybe, we actually have a greater problem than an occupying army. Maybe our problems aren't politics after all. Maybe it's a deeper problem. And maybe he has come to go down deep to the root of it. But the way he does it is to go down, 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 down down from the highest of heights to the deepest of depths to go down to the root of it which should tell something even mary may have an inkling of this the way up is down and that's not a alice in wonderland crazy talk but followers of jesus if we follow him need to understand that the way up is down That's what's clear from the very start, right in the incarnation. And it's going to just become increasingly clear as you keep reading the story. The way up is down. It's true for him. It's true for those who follow him. If indeed we are his followers. Well, at least those things Mary was treasuring and pondering, and at least those things we need to know if, in fact, the meaning of Christmas is going to be real for us, and if, in fact, we're going to grapple with who it is that has come. These things, these things. So what about us? What about us? What do we see 
who do we see? I mentioned this earlier, Advent, the church calendar. Some of you may know that you know, Advent is basically the four Sundays leading up to this moment. And, and historically, traditionally, it's a time where God's people spend some time <coughs> longing and looking and waiting for the coming, for Messiah. He's come already, he's coming again. Christmas the 12 days of Christmas, by the way, that doesn't precede the 25th, it's after the 25th, so we've still got more time. If the last four weeks have been too nutso for you, it's okay. Jesus loves you anyway. You got 12 days, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but take advantage of that. Take advantage of this time, this season, with the red and the green and the songs and everything. Take advantage of this. Reflect on who it is that has come, what it is that has been said of him, why it is that he has come, and how desperately we need his coming. Let's sit down, let's bow down beside Mary, not to Mary, at beside Mary. Let's bow down there before the manger and learn of him. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving Mary so much to treasure up and ponder in her heart there that night on your first coming as she held you, as she nursed the one who gave her life and would give her life anew. Thank you. Thank you for the wonder of all these things. Thank you for this time. Thank you for all the symbolism. It's beautiful. It's rich. May it capture our imaginations and recapture it still. And however we came in this evening, desirous, curious, or just willing, oh, would you feed our souls. slake our thirst. We are hungry and thirsty more than we know. I praise your name. Amen.